I hate to say this, but it looks like the system you're looking for does not exist. If an item does not appear in our records, it is not Faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another great episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Thank you so much from the deepest part of my heart for tuning in. Here's what we have in store for you this week. We've got a new segment of Star Wars Book Reviews. We'll have the Real News Rundown with Darth Eckham, Galactic Faking News, and we'll dive deep into the hottest news from the San Diego Comic-Con this past week. It's going to be a lot of news and a lot of fun. By the way, check out our t-shirt store at bit.ly slash fswmerch. That's bit.ly slash fswmerch. Our great designs are ready for purchase. Our newest design is a Chewbacca silhouette that says, Let the Wookiee Win. You can follow me on Twitter at StormDuper or follow Willy Bobo at Faking Star Wars. Today, my name is StormDuper. Yesterday, my name was also StormDuper. And hopefully tomorrow, it will remain StormDuper. With me today is my ever-loving co-host, Teeb. How are you, Teeb? I'm good. I am not StormDuper. Uh, today, tomorrow, or any other day, I you will better always be, be Teeb. Great. Now, Teeb, it's been a while since you've been on. Uh, I guess you've been preparing some fantastic uh, stories and scoops for us. Is that right? Uh, no, actually, I was enjoying my life. Let's go take it over to Darth Eckham, who has the news for us today. Greetings to all my brothers and sisters on Mandalore. This is Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you by Satine's Saltines, the Duchess Delight, Vesla Home Security Systems, and ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans, bringing you the news faster than a determined Shriekhawk. I'm your host, Mike Mann. As we mentioned last week, San Diego Comic-Con International is this weekend, and with that, a lot will be going on, and a slew of new Star Wars-related items will be debuted. One that specifically stands out is the release of the third installment in Timothy Zahn's latest series with Thrawn, Treason. This novel starts before the events over Lothal and Star Wars Rebels. Without going into depth, we see the Admiral at odds with some of his comrades. Notably, how his TIE Defender project is put on hold due to some battle station project headed by Orson Krennic. He is also torn between his loyalty to the Empire and the troubles with the Chiss Ascendancy. And with that in mind, we also see the return of his protege, Commander Eli Vanto, after he was dispatched to the Great Unknown to help the Chiss. Like all of Zahn's works, you will want to check this out, as it will surely be an amazing read. How do you mean? To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Next, we go to York Country, Pennsylvania where Hacks Auctions of York made a record-breaking auction sale for a Star Wars toy this past week with the prototype rocket-firing Boba Fett 3.75 action figure, finalizing at 112,926 whoopyay. Originally displayed at the 1979 New York Toy Fair, the prototype was intended for the Kenner line for the 1980 Empire Strikes Back film, but the rocket was deemed a choking hazard and thus never mass-produced. Hacks president Alex Winters stated, We were happy with the result. I won't say we were surprised. Of course he shouldn't have been. It's Boba Fett. As you wish. 
And finally, John Favreau made an appearance last week on Jimmy Kimmel Live to promote this weekend's release of The Lion King. During this interview, he mentioned that The Mandalorian series has been completed, and yes, they've already started filming the second season. Favreau stated, I got together with the guy, Dave Filoni, who is my partner on this one as producer, and we're writing this stuff. It's honestly like turning over your toy chest and playing with all your Star Wars toys together. We're having a great time. The Mandalorian Season 1 premieres November 12th on Disney+. Plus. Impressive. Most impressive. That's all the time we have this week. Make sure to check us out on the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitter for facts, news, and information from ChannelStarWars.com. I'm your host, Mike Mann, reminding you... It's no good to me dead. And now, back to the guys over at Faking Star Wars Radio. All right, well, thanks a lot, Darth Eckham. Uh, you know, it's just been a pleasure to have you on board doing the news. Uh, hopefully we hear from you back on the next episode. You know, uh, we have some fantastic news with us today for the first time ever on the podcast. Just uh, stepping up from our basement downstairs, he was putting some of our Russian trolls in line. Uh, they've gotten quite portly over the summer, and he was doing some calisthenics with them to help keep their weight down so that they can keep trolling. Uh, with me today is none other than Link Voxamillion, who is second-to-command head honcho at at fakingstarwars.net. Link, welcome. We're so glad to have you discuss the Real News Rundown with us today. Yeah, it's good to be here, I guess. Cool. Well, a lot of great stuff there. Um, I mean, thank you for saying it is great to be here. Uh, now, what did you think about the uh, story about the, the Tron, or the Thrawn, excuse me, the Thrawn Treason story uh, novel coming out by, uh, you know, um, I guess it's coming out in the next few few days, few today. weeks. Today, today, right? Yeah. Came out yeah. today. Uh, I picked up. I picked it up. I haven't started it yet, so I can't give you any uh, details on it yet. Now, have you been following along the story of uh, resistance in terms of how uh, you know all that plot line is being revised and added to canon um, with Thrawn and all that? I did not watch the last season of Rebels yet. Maybe Teeb can speak a little bit more about that. But I have read the first two Thrawn novels, and they're good. If you like the Sherlock Holmes movies with robert downey jr and jude law then you'll like these thrawn novels great great well we look forward to hearing you know having you back after you've had a chance to read it and give us your full review. Yeah, if anything i'll at least write it up for the site i actually have a fetish for blue characters so i'm delighted that uh, disney is carrying on you know uh and publishing works with the thrawn character i don't mean to go too off topic but who is your favorite blue character um, well, I, I do have a passion for Watto because I like the gravelly voice that really puts hair, uh, you know, gets my, uh, puts my hair on end down the bottom, of, down the back of my spine. But, um, you know, Thrawn would be a close second, I'd have to say. Good, good to know, good to know. Uh, I will take yeah. off Watto from my cosplay list and I will not be doing that now. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, well, Teeb, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the kind of marketing of Star Wars and, and auctioning uh, different items, and I know that you're a bit of a collector. Have you ever come across a real rocket spring-loaded Boba Fett figurine of your own? No, but I did have the uh, Mandela effect where I swear to God I had a Boba Fett that <laughs> shot a rocket. So what I'm thinking I did is I've, like, you know, kind of uh, transmogrified that, that memory into my brain, and I think I had that uh, the, the robot from the the 70s the japanese robot uh robotech or whatever oh, it was yes. uh not voltron it wasn't right. it was like voltron, not robotech, voltron yeah. and it shot rockets all over the damn place i remember they were getting everywhere go. i didn't choke on any because <laughs> i'm not an imbecile uh well it was an endless stream of rockets they were everywhere 
the Jango Fett toy from the Attack of the Clones era did have a firing rocket bow. Yeah, I have that. I Is never that took right? it out of the box because, you know, obviously. Well, I was a child. I don't want to play with so. it. You were a child when it came out? Oh, my right. God. Why are we working for him? Well, 112,000 Whoopie or whatever, uh, you know, when you were a child was still uh, big-time money. Um, What would you do? I mean, what would be the first purchase you'd make in the Star Wars universe with that kind of cash? Oh, my God. I would get a giant life-size Darth Vader statue that would cuss people out whenever they walked in the door. Like a Darth Bouncer kind exactly. of thing? That's exactly. That's exactly what I'd have. somebody within the Star Wars universe? Because that sounds like something you could do in the real world. Well, I would take the the statue. I would get James Earl Jones to record various insults for me in different languages, all the different languages that I could find, including basic. And anybody that walked in the door would get one of 4,712 different insults. We might have to just start digging through some old uh, archives and see if we can find some James Earl Jones insults from other movies. Well, Conan the Barbarian yeah, is absolutely. one of my favorite that a lot of people don't know about. He plays uh, uh, like Ghoul or whatever his name is, and uh, he's uh, a real badass in that. Perfect. Or like Field of Dreams, you know, when he plays like that author, and he could be like, he goes to the baseball thing, he's like, beer and a dog, just beer and a dog, everything. It's just a little box, you push the button, he's like, I'll have a beer and a dog. Yeah. I never saw that movie. Dog and a beer. Oh, man, you're missing out. Field of Dreams. I saw that. That would be an interesting crossover. <laughs> you're always a child. You're, like, perpetually a child. <laughs> you're, you're still a child. You just uh, you have some kind of sound filter. Uh, no, I've been to Ryan, a button type Ryan, situation. You're a man baby. Isn't it a man baby? Isn't that what we all are? We're all I'm man offended babies. by that well, uh, speak- term because I actually am a man baby. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of man babies, the Mando Lorian show, um, great news from uh, John Favreau. I guess they're already filming. They're very optimistic that this is going to be a hit. So Disney has given their green light season two rolling forward. Yeah. Uh, any speculation about where we're going to see the characters and what kind of arc we might find and pick up in season two? I Everybody's just hope that die. the whole thing ends and somebody ends in the Starlight pit. I just hope that's how it ends. <laughs> By a stick, a sharp poke with a stick, and then they land in the sarlacc pit. Except, except this time the sarlacc pit is blue. You know, it's like the Admiral Raddus version of the sarlacc pit. I don't know. Look, it's blue. It's new. I don't know if you ever played uh, Force Unleashed, but on uh, what planet was it? Fallujah, maybe there were sarlacc. Fallujah, that was in Iraq, man. Say that again. Uh, say that again, Link. Uh, uh, in the Force Unleashed video game, you go to Fallujah to fight. I don't know some Jedi in the Force Unleashed video game. And I'm pretty sure that there was a blue Sarlacc in that, on that planet. Is that right? Ooh. Well, we were, you know, I do have a fetish for blue characters, so, I mean, I, I would definitely be the first one streaming and uh, binge-watching the Mando uh, if that is the case. So. Your parents yeah. didn't let you watch the Smurfs whenever you were a kid, did they? La, 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 la. That's what Jump I was going to say. Smurfette is my favorite blue character, so, but I know that's not Star Wars, so I didn't want to bring it up. I was gonna say we could do like a like a crossover episode with the Smurfs and the, the Ewoks. Maybe I could see that the Smurflack pit. You know, like you jump into the Sarlacc pit and it's horrible on the outside, but once you descend to the depths after a thousand years, your reward is you get to like spend the night with a with a <laughs> Smurfette in her mushroom hut down at the bottom of the pit. Perfect. That works. Fantastic. And afterwards, a tall glass of cold blue milk. You know, <laughs> mm. I like the green milk personally. Great. 
Well, Darth Eckham, thank you for the news. Uh, and uh, Link Vox a Million, what a pleasure to have you here. Do you think you're going to be making any more appearances? Fans have been begging since we started the podcast to have you on. So this is a real treat. Probably not. You know, uh, I have such a busy schedule smacking those trolls around. You know, got to keep them in line because you guys aren't doing your good. You aren't doing a good job with it. Hey, it is it is an endless endless uh, job that never stops. Thankless, uh, but we are we are grateful that you were able to carve out a little time for us today. Um, this may be our highest rated episode today. You know, what? it was my pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah. Now, does a does a does a does a one subscriber count if that subscriber is also a guest on the podcast? I want to say yes. I'm the only one that rates and reviews this show, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you don't tell do people that. Time, so. <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out. Faking Star Wars. Cut it. Cut it. No, <laughs> our secrets out. Our secrets out. We were masquerading as a as a million uh, download podcast. Now, and now everyone knows the truth. All right, guys, have fun. All right, peace. All right, toodles. Peace. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Bye. I am Jacosta New, and this is News Views. I like holocubes and books, but I can't cut myself and bleed with the knowledge of the old order like I can with a book. Nothing like slicing my finger open and leaving my indelible mark on history. Rumors of my death at the hands of the pitiful errand boy of the shriveled emperor are untrue. I actually retired and am in solitude, comfortably hidden away in the Rishi maze, where I now run a small book club that discusses erotic literature by the masters. But every once in a while, there's a, shall we say, flaccid period where we have to scour the galaxy for baser works. And that's where I came up with News Views. Our first review is Star Wars from a certain point of view. And this was given to us by Loose Cannon. Come for the Jawa story written by Griffin Selroy. Stay for a retcon about the Empire not firing on the escape pod because it would be too much paperwork. Excellent review. Very concise. Uh, we really do love loose cannon here at Faking Star Wars. So I'm told. And we do hope that they will record another episode very soon. And our next review comes to us from our very own Darth Eckham. And this is for Queen's Shadow. He says, Started to read Queen's Shadow. Everybody's name sounded the same. It was kind of hard to get past Chapter 3. I just don't think I was in the mood for a book at that point, but I will try again when I'm in the mood. Then we have Master and Apprentice, and who gave us this review? Oh, my name is Heath. Heath, ah, we're joined right now by the uh, the, the man himself, Heath. Okay, thank you, Heath. I've, I've been I've been here I've been here faithfully waiting for for my compensation. I've been sweeping the floor. I've been working here in the studio for months, and nobody has brought me any fried chicken or mashed potatoes. I will potatoes. guarantee you, we will give you some fried chicken and mashed potatoes. I have been told. I'm entitled to my fair compensation. Well, I have, sir. I'm not a sir. I am a lady. I am a very elegant, wonderful. Oh, lady. You, you're short. Wait. You're a lady. Oh, you are a lady. How old are you? We we might be. Hey, you might be just a little bit younger than me. But uh, hey, I uh, I'm pretty flexible in that department. What what do you call yourself? I call myself none of your business. Uh, but my friends call me Jacosta New. I am 84 years old, and so I am obviously oh. 30 years younger than you. Oh, Jacosta. Ooh, that is, 
That is a very lovely name. Uh, I used to I used to go out with a girl named Regosta, but uh, was she a cousin of yours or maybe your mother? It could have been your mother, I guess. No, she was nobody. You're making her up. Well, I I have a I I would love to tell you and share you. I'm I'm I know on my exterior I look very rugged and uh, and and craggly and and wrinkly, but I also have a tender literary side. Uh, let me show you. I I recently found this book in the in the library here at the studios, and I was locked in the bathroom actually, and I had some time to myself, if you know what I mean. And well, let me tell you. This book is called Master and Apprentice. I just, uh, boy, oh boy, it puts you right between the uh, erotic subtext between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan as they learn to find their identity as queer heroes in a heteronormative diegesis. I really enjoyed the playful romantic tension as a metaphor for sexual conflict and tyrannical cis-norming rhetoric. Also, the cover was really shiny. Your cat will love it. I give it two thumbs up. So what do you say, Jocasta? Are you are you impressed with my literary credentials? Uh, maybe I could give you some of my credentials if you know what I mean. Well, I I, I do host a uh, an erotic book club uh, with uh, several other ladies in the maze. So if you can find us, I suppose you can always join. Oh, that sounds very tempting. You're a feisty little vixen, aren't you, Jocasta? You have to catch me first, old man. Well, those are just three very brief reviews that we have here at News Reviews, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed the news reviews, and we'll be back for more news reviews uh, as new reviews are given to us from different points of views. Hey, baby, with hips like that, I'll always be back for more. (laughs) You still haven't found me. Well, Teeb, it's been a while uh, since you've been on, and in honor of your dramatic return, we have your favorite segment on Faking Star Wars Radio, which is the fake. My favorite segment is Duel of the Fake, so you are a filthy, filthy liar. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Willie Bobo is very busy down in the basement at the studio trying to hold down the fort. Um, but this article comes to us from FakingStarWars.net, and it's related to predictions, speculations, rumors about the new movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Very excited for that to come out in December. Um, and as more and more leaks find their way onto Reddit, 4chan, uh, and also Faking Star Wars, of course, we're happy to share a leak from our source, Grumpy Brogan. I can't wait to hear this, said nobody. Okay. Now, this is a major, major plot twist that may give you some uh, you know, insight into what we, what we think is going to be happening in the film. But basically, the plot twist of Rise of Skywalker is going to be a time travel Groundhog Day type scenario. Are you familiar with that comedy starring Bill Murray? I've seen it so many times that I feel like I've watched it over and over and over and over. Yes, it's a wonderful comedy, and the performances in it are wonderful. Well, it turns out that there's going to be a point in the movie where uh, it's revealed that Sheev Ray and Kylo Ren Ben Solo have repeated episodes 1 through 9 several times. And this is alluded to, um, do you remember that scene in the uh, Octo Cave when Ray has that kind of tripped out psychedelic tunnel vision? 
uh, of herself duplicated through the future and past? I remember it, sadly, yes. Yeah, well, it's, it's all been planned out, and the reason for that is because it sort of foreshadows this final confrontation between Ray and Sheev. And as a consequence of this, Ray and Ben are actually forced to cause the Groundhog Day scenario by you know, uh, disturbing and manipulating some kind of Sith magic through an artifact sort of ceremony. It sounds like a pagan sacrifice. Of like sorts. Midsommar? Hopefully, hopefully. Well, this time loop that they that they start always takes Sheev, Ray, and Ben back years before the Phantom Menace even happens, so that they can rewrite the script and make a better movie. Well, I am all for that, actually, but I thought that cave scene was really stupid. So maybe this has always been his plan, so now I feel like I might owe him an apology. Well, things get even more spicy because it turns out that Sheev, Ray, and Ben, being in the center of this loop, are also the only characters that know of it. Everyone else literally is outside of the loop. So, you know, Ryan Johnson started this all based on his film Looper, it sounds like, you know, this time travel Groundhog Day scenario, and Disney is running with it. It was very subtly set up in The Last Jedi. So I think in hindsight, that film is going to be given a lot more credibility and uh, laud than it was uh, earlier. But as time then resets, it turns out that Rey goes to Tatooine and fulfills her role as Shmi, Anakin's mother, and Ben Solo is the Wait. father. So I, I, I need I need yeah. a moment to process what you just said there. <laughs> Ray is her own Ray mother. is her own mom, who mm. is also Luke the Vader's mom. Yeah, I mean, think of it. When she's looking for her parents, who does she see but herself? I'd rather that they were just filthy junk herders at this point, if that's what it's going to be, because that is the most ridiculous. No, thing no, I've no. Ever heard. This plot makes total sense. Anakin's status as the chosen one is basically due to his lineage being from the dark and light side force users. And in each loop of the movie or of the timeline, uh, Ben always ends up abandoning Rey and Anakin to face Sheev and then die. Over and over and over again. Like a ghost. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting uh, nuance to this. It's a pretty fascinating story. Let's plug it in and see what we get. Hey, you do the honors. There it is. It's not very cave-worthy. Thakometer joins you in a skeptical view on this leak, but only time will tell. I myself think this is exactly the kind of garbage that J.J. Uh, Abrams has in mind when you're thinking about his other credentials like Lost and his mystery box fascination. So I will not be surprised if all of Star Wars continuity is completely rewritten, thrown into a blender, and chopped up in a bloody mess. That will make me cry. Red tears of rage. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to all be crying one way or the other when the film finally comes out, and we have no more Star Wars uh, saga films to look forward to anyway. But you heard it here first, folks. That's the Fake-A-Meter. Hey, younglings, are you looking up to liven up your doll boring somewhere with a little bit of the dark side? Well, now you can with the all-new Death Star light-up beach ball in Kylo Ren packaging. Made from recycled capes from the 1970s and the 1980s. 
The Empire has teamed up with Swimways so the mouse can bring you a few hours of short-term summertime satisfaction. Worried about losing this not-so-large, not-so-technical terror in the dark? Well, worry no more. Death Star Light Up Beach Ball and Kylo Ren Packaging lights up with a new state-of-the-art impact activation technology. Pick up your very own Death Star Light Up Beach Ball and Kylo Ren Packaging for one low price of 600 rupees. But wait, that's not all. For a limited time, you can get a second Death Star Light Up Beach Ball and Kylo Ren Packaging for only an additional 600 rupees. That's no moon. That's just madness. Get your Death Star Light Up Beach Ball and Kylo Ren packaging today wherever summer toys are sold. All right, going so next. It is the commercials produced by Tom Sowers and written by Jason Gaylord. The parties have absolutely no affiliation with the quarter announcements because they're probably going to accept the limitations to the packaging made simply for additional sale and can be noted southern media. It's Star Wars Nerds, no reserve. Well, Teeb, that sound means it's time for Tweet of the Week. And this week we have another caption contest for you. This is becoming a regular trend. Willie Bobo, in his great wisdom, posted a photo of the new red Sith Troopers, just the helmet, completely blank and featureless with everything washed out, and invited people to draw their own mask. And the winner... Uh, from this contest. Um, oh, by the way, did you? I can't draw enter, very well because uh, I'm just too sexy. I have a hard time holding pencils. I see. I would have thought, you know, given the fact that uh, the color matches, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the helmet does match the drapes yes. in this case. Uh, I did. You, I did. I, I, I've looked at every single the... one. I have taken a very comprehensive uh, evaluation of each entry, and I know who I want to win. This week, the winner, there were a lot of great entries. You know, there were some that had, like, a big gold gangly gangster hip-hop chain on it. Um, there's one that actually is kind of like a, a Mario-esque sort of avatar. Um, we had all kinds of great entries. Uh, one that uh, mashed up Tom Cruise and Maverick. Uh, it put it put the helmet in his hands from Top Gun with the words Maverick over it. Very clever. Uh, that was Mental Militia 1. But the winning entry comes to us from a soft Manigan, who's at soft Manigan on Twitter, and he captioned it with, "This is the Soy Trooper." And what did he do for his entry there, Teeb? I'm looking at it right now, and it's clear that he he wanted to pay tribute to the maker, and he drew uh, George Lucas right on the front there. Teeb, I think you've been hitting the death sticks a little hard. That is none other than Chuck Wendig, uh, social media debutante and uh you know current ostracized writer in the star wars universe <gasps> that's chuck wendig it absolutely is the soy trooper original oh my god i thought it was george lucas i mean with that with the red flannel it's totally him yes well um great inspiration congratulations to our winner soft manigan and in the spirit of the red color uh you win the right to apply suntan lotion to tea before a year uh, yeah, make sure you get my lower back right where that, you know, that so crack like, starts. So for you, like, when you get sunburnt, like, do you turn white? Is that what happens? Or, like, you turn a different color than red? I actually turn mauve. Mauve is in. Yeah. Mauve is the new black. Uh, where are the mauve yes. troopers? Uh, that's what I was hoping for. You know, I thought that would have really subverted my expectations. They've really built up this whole red th- subtext the last three episodes, so I wasn't surprised when they brought out the crimson troopers. Well, you you are hearing it first. There's a new fashion trend out right now, and that is mint. Mint is really Ooh. hot right now. Mint troopers. How about plaid troopers? We've never had those. 
Well, now you're just talking about some space balls nonsense. Well, ludicrous speed. Okay, well, Go. thanks a lot for your entries, and we'll look forward to another caption contest and on a future episode. These are definitely turning into my new favorite bit after uh, Duel of of course. Right. Well, Duel of the Fakes should be back soon, just as soon as we can uh, wrench the wrench the uh, hands of Willy Bobo out of the mouths of the trolls down there in the basement. He's been trying to put them at bay. It's been a very difficult week for him. Um, trolls and brownies. Yes. Well, so, you know, speaking of the Episode 9, Rise of uh, Skywalker, Sith Troopers, um, it has been an interesting week in Star Wars news, and that brings us to our main topic, which is all about the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, Teeb, now I know you're down there in the swamps of Dagobah. Did you get a chance to jaunt over there to San Diego for the conference? No, I was actually in another valley uh, galaxy over um, and I was on uh, supposed to be on vacation, but people kept bugging me all the time. Yeah. I'm not pointing fingers. Of course, uh, of course. And then everybody was asking me, oh, did you see SDCC? Did you hear about SDCC? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Did you know about this? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know everything, okay? I'm just a guy just living in this world. It seems with my like sexiness. I mean, aside from like the Marvel announcements of the next Phase Four or whatever in that um, doomed universe, uh, there wasn't much in Star Wars land aside from a few bits and bats. However, an interesting tidbit in anticipation of Star Wars uh, San Diego Comic Con was um, Kevin Smith himself came out saying that the last shot of the Rise of Skywalker will quote unquote melt your face um willie bobo uh posted an interesting article all about that comment um and you know it's not surprising when you think about how much this movie has to accomplish in terms of fan satisfaction that may be the only way to keep fans satisfied is to melt their ugly faces off their bodies well that brings me back to another space movie the last starfighter where there is a man who whose face is indeed melted off. And so I'd like to say that I believe that Kevin Smith is plagiarizing that movie, and I think that he needs to call up Merg Snodlin, whoever it is that made that movie, <laughs> and yeah, apologize immediately. Well, there, there wasn't a lot of information at San Diego Comic-Con about The Last Jedi, about The Last Shot. My curiosity definitely peaked. I mean, since I wrote the screenplay to the film... You know, I have some idea of what the last shot could be, but that's up to the director's discretion. And JJ and I have not been in contact since he um, since he stopped buying our organic barbecue sauce that IG sixty nine uh, produces out of his basement. So you probably recognize some of his uh, family members in there. <laughs> Ooh, oh no! Well, um, so what do you think is going to be the last shot of the last Jedi? Any theories? I think the last shot of The Last Jedi... I'm sorry, be, of uh, The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I believe... Well, we all know that it's going to be a, a continuous loop where they have to keep doing it over and over again, so it doesn't really matter which movie you talk no, about. No, no, no. Now, the fake meter debunked that. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. The, the fake meter said it wasn't true. Thank God. Uh, I, I really do believe that the, the final shot is going to be the one that we saw where they're all hugging... Oh. And they're just the three of them. So you're not going to have any Kylo. Uh, what is it? They, they, they want to ship uh, Kylo Ray, Raylo. Yeah. There's not going to be any of that. None of that. Nonsense. Kylo's going to be dead. 
he's going to be with his grandpapa. His granddaddy is going to be with him, and he's going to be like, so oh, you're my grandson. you don't believe in redemption? I don't believe in redemption. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a dark ray, but that'll never happen. So, so the I'll final just, uh, shot is going to be basically a happy-go-lucky hugging between, like a menage a hug, as it were. Exactly. That, that's it. Because uh, they, they have gotten rid of the first order, and then in 30 years, they'll be the second order. And then 30 years from that, they'll be the third order. And then it just goes on and on. And the resistance <laughs> just has to keep building up and changing their names and coming up with cool patches. And, you know, women leaders are going to boss men around and never tell them their plans for three more cycles until I, I eventually think, uh, we just don't let them get in charge anymore. I think you have something there, but but I think the the last shot in the Star Wars saga uh, for Skywalker is going to have to be somehow reminiscent of A New Hope. Um, and for me, that means, you know, the, the beginning of uh, A New Hope begins with two ships in hot pursuit, uh, ultimate conflict. I think you're going to see a shot of the Millennium Falcon uh, basically flying in peace to explore the galaxy and to bring to bring peaceful news to the universe. Well, actually, if we're being totally honest, I believe that you're going to see a Millennium Falcon land on Earth. <laughs> if we're well, being completely honest, Coke is now canon, that's what I so they, they probably are going to get get jonesed up, you know, after they get the taste for it and have to find they're going to have to re up, baby, you know. That would be face-melting, in my opinion. Anything short of them landing on Earth and showing, like, a la Battlestar Galactica, uh, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't watched that, uh, it would be like that, I think, because everything takes place in a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago in a galaxy far, they far have away. To they like, they that. have to, like, make their way on a new planet, and, like, they all get, like, dead-end dead end minimum wage jobs like ray goes to work at like starbucks and like kylo ren is a ups driver and <laughs> with the shorts oh nobody wants to there's see no that there's no force anymore cuz like they're on a different planet in a different galaxy they get no oh, a different respect. sun like the different colored sun messes up their uh... right <laughs> <laughs> they don't have their cool powers anymore ah oh, crap oh, man dear well <laughs> hey jj is doing superman so i mean that that could could make some co- connection there so now who's making the new Batman? That's uh, I can't remember. Reeves? It's his friend though, uh, Matt Reeves. Yes, that's right, Matt Reeves. Is, is, I guess they're best friends. It's very. There's all in collusion, you know. His wife is the producer. It's, it is a menage a trois. Oh no 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 no! Don't say the c word, please. Don't say the c word. You're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> make everybody all upset. And they're gonna <laughs> all mad. They're, they're gonna email us and send us letters and send us bad reviews and all those things. No, we don't want that. My we mailbox that, is is full. Uh, already with that kind of stuff. So why do you think San Diego Comic-Con, great opportunity here, right in the heat of summer, not much going on, you know, there's not a ton of new movies out, no hype. Uh, Why not drop some new footage and shake things up? I think because they... they they blew their wad (laughs) at the... the the other thing. The the thing that we were at and I got thrown in space jail. You're still recovering from the uh, post... Post uh, celebration stress disorder, it sounds like Teeb. Yeah, that was at Star Wars celebration. Yeah. That thing. Uh, yeah, I don't like to talk about it too much because I did have amazing uh, food in there. I got some amazing escargot while I was in space jail. But other than that, uh, I don't want to talk about it too much. It was very embarrassing when I got the call to have to come pick you up from a Chicago General, you know, jail. 
um, and I and I rolled up, and everybody, all the prisoners, were taunting you as you as you walked out. You know, your head head hanging. Well, because they all thought I was a blood, and I was like, I'm not a blood. I just happen to be red. <laughs> I have no gang affiliation, one way or another. I am just DJ. A red DJ. Teeb is really named DJ, right? Yeah. Don't join, baby. Um, here at Faking Stars, we do not advocate gang violence in any way, shape, or form. Uh, anyway, what about the Sith Troopers? You know that that red just very hard to forget. Um, okay, let me talk about the let me talk about the Sith Troopers. Okay, the the Crimson Troopers, the Crimson Tide, or whatever the hell they're called. Uh, when Return of the Jedi came out, I was a, a youngling, mm-hmm. and it was the only movie my father ever stood in line for hours to see on opening night. And he said, you know, the the Emperor's Royal Guard, they have to be some of the baddest ass people <laughs> in the galaxy to be on that echelon, right? To be to, to like protect be the part Emperor. of the, the Imperial Guard, right? You have to be like a badass, right? So I was that was immediately my favorite character. Like obviously they got rid of Boba Fett and with the stick. So the Imperial Guard were my new favorite, like, badasses of the galaxy. Um, so that red, that just, like, if you make somebody red like that in Star Wars, that's a statement to me, right? It's like like, like me. Like, I make a statement everywhere I go, obviously. But uh, in the within the, the franchise. So then you look at what they did with uh, The Last Jedi and Snoke's guards... And I really enjoyed that scene. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they were technically ripping it apart and stuff like that. I thought that, that was the best scene in the film. Me too. I, I, I appreciated it a lot. Um, and I didn't think that those guys were a bunch of chumps. Uh, guys and girls. There were there were women guards too, mm. by the way, uh, in that scene. So I think the red armor, you might almost say, though, looking at it realistically, that the red armor sign- symbolizes kind of like the red shirts in Star Trek. Because they're getting their asses handed to them. They're not very impressive. They look really shiny and cool, but they're, you know, they're 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 they get their butts kicked by two scrawny. So you're saying that the the red trooper idea, the red guard, um, it's just kind of more of the same. It's an empty shell. If you're in if you're in combat and you're wearing a bright red uniform, you're an idiot. Just ask <laughs> the British. The Red Sith are coming. The Red Sith are coming. I don't disagree with you. You know, I don't get very political on the podcast, but, you know. What about blue troopers? And then we could have the American flag of troopers. They could line them up, you know, and we could have a – then we could really bring home Star Wars as a full – politically charged message narrative with absolutely no literary nuance whatsoever. Well, we already have the Clone Wars. They already have red, white, and blue troopers, if you want to get technical. That's true. That's true. Not all at once. Not all at once, though. You have, But you know, they've you have left the green, some the room for ambiguity white, by not actually putting them in the formation of an American flag, so one could argue that there was some nuance to it uh, where it wasn't completely a heavy-handed political commentary. Well, it's how you line them up. As long as you don't line them up in the Betsy Ross flag symbol, then you're fine. But if you like line them up in the Russian flag symbol, well, you're not fine there either. Uh, the French <laughs> symbol, I guess, is, is France politically correct these days? I don't know. I don't think. I mean, there's in other words, there's a lot of countries that use red, white, and blue. America doesn't have the you know the corner on that market. That's true. That's true. And Star Wars is trying to appeal to a wider market. And think about this: uh, China has the largest movie-going population in the world, and their flag is predominantly 
red. This is true. Red is a very uh, uh, powerful color in China. So you think that the Sith troopers, the the red troopers, are Chinese? It's very likely some kind at of this subtle stage. Nod I would Chinese? not be surprised if they come out speaking Chinese in the film. Wow. Yeah. Okay, then that ties back into my thing where they would go to Earth. Yeah. It all links together here. Um, now, the one surprise for me uh, is that they actually revealed that the Sith Troopers were going to be called Sith Troopers. That, I mean, I guess they want to get the marketing uh, machine rolling, but that's a surprising name. And I, I'd like to finish with a little bit of a speculation. Um, I mm -hmm. think that that name won't matter at all. I don't think you'll hear the word Sith. I don't think the purpose of their name will come up at all. I literally think they're just called that to sell toys. Absolutely oh. no other reason. Sorry. I banged my massive head on my massive thing. Sorry. <laughs> you, you banged your massive head on your massive thing, T. That's what I did. Eloquence. Anyway. Eloquence. Uh, this is what I like. Only a fake Star Wars contributor. <laughs> this is true. Um, no, this is what I think. Kylo Ren is a little bitch. Okay? You can say that, by the he way. Is like, he is like this kid who admires the Nazis, right? So his grandfather was like the head of the Nazis, right? So he wants to like embrace what he thinks is cool and hip. And so he's mm -hmm. like, yeah. I'm like totally Sith, y'all. <laughs> and so he's like, I got my Sith troopers, too. boy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've seen him. He's a little bitch. I'm sorry. He is. He got his ass kicked by a girl who could barely, like, oh, what is this? Oh, this is a lightsaber. That's cool. Oh, let me kick his ass. I know they they had to have him, like, shot with a blaster to, to show that he was, like, wounded or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he he's one of these kids who... He's like the rich kid, right, that gets all the cool equipment when you're, like, hunting or fishing or whatever it is, and he has, like, no skills, right? Yeah. So that's, like, what Kylo Ren is. So he wants to, like, to like surround himself with little sycophantic red wiener people, and so they're, like, you know, like, you, whatever. He, he, It's just like I was talking about with the, with the, the Crimson uh, Imperial Guard. They look badass, but they don't really do much, right? So it's perfect. The Sith Trooper is just his way of like, like the SS. Like to him, it's like, oh, these guys are cool. They're awesome fascists. They're going to be like my awesome fascist death squad. <laughs> I'm going to call them <laughs> Sith Troopers, brah. Oh, no. That's what he's like. That's Kylo Ren. Wow. You might be right. I, I don't know. I, I can't disagree with you. I could never disagree. Let's see with how long they last in the movie. Let's see how long they last. Let's 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 have a little counter, okay? When that movie comes out, when Rise of the, the Skywalker comes out, let's start a Sith trooper counter. Like every time one of them dies until they're all dead. <laughs> let's see how like, long they last per combat sequence, not for the. What was movie. that, you know, Charlie Sheen? Not Charlie Sheen. Uh, was it Charlie Sheen movie? Um, that parody, kind of like the Naked Gun. Um, yeah, Top Shots. Top, top shots. shots, Part Du, where they have the death counter. Part Du. Yeah. Yeah, that was right. awesome. Right. I think that's an <laughs> underused trope in, in Hollywood cinema today, so that would be wonderful if they added that to The Rise of Skywalker. Just completely random, every, you know? Random stats yeah, about Star Wars dies. to make it interesting. Yeah, every <laughs> yeah, every time one dies, you just like, ding, ding, like a little bell goes off. Ding, there goes one. Ding, there goes another. God. <laughs> Well, you know, it's too bad that we didn't get a little more at San Diego Comic-Con, but in my view, there's that just means that there's more uh, to be waited for here in the fall. I'm uh, I'm just absolutely chomping at the bit, 
excited to see what what develops here in the coming weeks. Um, and so, well, I will use my intel sources and find out as much as I can find out as well um, with my wonderful connections in the biz. Thank you, T. But, um, thank you so much. I, I'll, I'll, I'll put my feelers out as much as I can. The, the galaxy needs you. I know. All right. Galactic Taking News. All right, we have a special report coming to us now live from Area 51 in the Nevadan Desert. Uh, yeah, Tweed, I'm can you hear me? in uh, New Mexico, so I don't know what kind of uh, intel you got, but I'm in uh, New ah, Mexico. My geography is not so good. Or am I in – no, I'm in Nevada. No, I think I am in Nevada. I'm wherever Area 51 is, so I was actually taken here in You're a, so in clandestine, you don't even know where uh, you are. My, I don't even know where I am. I just know I'm in Area <laughs> 51. Uh, I was like again. I was I was driven here by the Elite 501st Legion, uh, the Star Wars cosplayers, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of signs uh, telling us we're all gonna be shot at any minute. So, yeah. Well. That's right. Uh, I'm just here at the studio holding down the floor while you're gone. Um, I have done a quick Google search, and it turns out that Area 51 is in Nevada, so at least we have that pinpointed. What's going on out there today? Uh, Well, like I said, uh, I was driven out here by the 501st. Uh, There's right now, the the full event isn't going to be until September, but right now they appear to be doing some skirmishing, uh, uh, what you would call skirmishes, where there's about groups of uh, five or ten at a time that are running at full speed at full breakneck speed uh towards the sign and they all seem to be chickening out right when they get to the sign and the uh the the marines that have been called up uh are are very eager they seem very eager to to uh, shoot people so uh i think what you're having here right now is kind of a a a nerd standoff wow it uh, sounds like it could potentially be a very explosive situation is there any there anyone there on the ground who uh, you've talked to who we might be able to hear from uh there is a person uh he has only asked to be called uh turd williger and uh, he is uh, dressed as one of the uh, the new Sith troopers, actually, which uh, we were just uh, talking about uh, on the episode. So uh, this is the first uh, Sith trooper I've ever encountered in the uh, you know out in the real world. So very uh, excited to talk to him and uh, hear his his uh, thoughts on this Area 51 raid. Uh, I guess it's what is it being called raid or a storm. Uh, so uh, let me see if I can find him. Uh, uh, Mr. Turd, are you uh, available to uh, speak to us over here at uh, Faking Star Wars? Hey, man, I'm just out here living the dream, and, and we got to get this done, man. Uh, what exactly are you trying to do, per se? Hey, look, bro, like, I don't know which side you're on, but, man, when we heard the organizer's only plan of attack was a Naruto run, we knew we had to mobilize. Man, the 501st cannot stand by while aliens take advantage of, like, anime and manga nerds. Look, dude, Kotaku are humans, too. It is totally our duty to protect them from alien scum. And that's why we're out here living the dream. It's going to be a long, hot couple of months in the desert. I only brought one pepperoni pizza with me, man. Uh, are you at all concerned about being turned inside out like some of the uh, bovine that are out there right now? Bro, 
I'm just living in the universe, man. I'm in harmony with everything that's going on right now. The vibration is absolutely epic out here. Uh, you, you mentioned vibrations. Uh, are you sure that you uh, are not experiencing being tased right now? Dude, just take it, man. Bless it, bro. Just bless it. Whatever happens, we're out here trying to find the truth. And if that means a little bit of tasing, the universe is going to realign, bro. Everyone is just a bunch of string vibrations anyway, man. Well, what alien are you expecting to see there? Like Rodians or what exactly? Look... I wouldn't be surprised if we just saw the whole gamut of everything. I mean, dude, if you think about it, do you really think that Hollywood has the technical capacity to make all those aliens and makeup shops? That would mean there'd have to be like 17 billion makeup artists and uh, silicon artists who make those masks. There's no way. All that stuff is totally practical, man. And this is the epicenter of it right here at Area 51. Hollywood is totally in cahoots with them, bro. So, like, Walrus Man is real, and they really just chopped off that guy's arm? Like, he came from a whole different galaxy, and, and he was hanging out at a bar, and then some little nerf herder came along and chopped off his arm? Dude, it's all real. No one's ever really gone anyway. I think Walrus Man has been hanging out with me the other day anyway. We had a campfire, and somebody gave me a, a hit of something a little bit goofy, and I'm pretty sure it was Walrus Man. You think you ate Walrus Man? No, man, I smoked a joint with Walrus Man, bro. Why do you have to be such a square, man? I, I would have taken you for a mushroom eater, personally. Hey, if you got them, buddy, everyone's sharing the love out here while we're trying to get the truth out. Well, I have been speaking to some of the Marines on the other side of the, the signs uh, with some of my connections, and I understand they are eating mushrooms. So I don't know what they're seeing right now, but on from what I've been hearing from their side, they're very eager to shoot people. Look, man, I didn't bring any way to defend myself. It's all peace, love, and Star Wars out here, man. We're going to get to the truth one way or another. So why are you dressed like a, a Sith trooper? You don't know anything about these characters. They could be, uh, like, complete garbage. Hey... You have to think about the sun, and you have to think about the clothing that's, like, going to put you in harmony and express yourself most readily out here. And I just didn't have it in me to wear the same thing over and over. This is an epic changing of the guard, as it were. There was nothing else more appropriate, man. But it's 112 degrees. Aren't you going to boil alive? That's why we got like a teapot. That's why we got the falafel, and we've got our we've got our whole setup in our in our camps with our rations, and everything's totally copacetic, brother. Do you have any mobile vans with air conditioning units in them? Because I understand the Marines have that, and they're very hydrated and they're very comfortable right now. They've been treating us pretty good. We haven't gotten to that level of uh, affability with them though yet, man. I'm hopeful though. Never give up on the universe, brother. Well, as you understand, Star Wars takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So your theory that Area 51 is populated by aliens from Star Wars just doesn't seem to make too much sense. Wouldn't you agree on that? I'm not out here trying to make sense for you, bro. If you haven't come to a place where you're comfortable with the divergence, then there's nothing I can really do for you, brother.
Oh, I'm not here to uh, go in there, my friend. I just want to watch the carnage un un unfold out here and uh, report safely uh, on, on this side of the sign. Hey, man, I got to run. Somebody just uh, cooked up some vegan tacos, and I got a hankering, bro. Uh, enjoy your tofu. Uh, so, yeah, that's the, the situation here on the, the ground, Duper. Uh, there's not really too much going on. Like I said, they keep kind of looking like they're going to go through the sign uh, area, the warning area. And uh, from what I understand, there's different levels of uh, uh, what they call immediate action for the grunts. And uh, there's like three different zones. And once the uh, civilians get past a certain zone, they will be annihilated and uh Wow, it sounds amazing. I do hope that happens so we have something to report and post on Instagram. Yes, all the bits of guy and chunks of, of nerd will be, uh, will, will be epic. We'll have to tell IG who's out on vacation so that he can harvest the uh, remnants for a new sauce. Wait, you don't know that he's out here? Oh, is he out there? Oh, oh he didn't tell me. Uh, he, must be trying to, uh, he must be trying to redefine himself. Oh, uh, he is an assassin droid, so now I'm wondering why. Maybe I'm not supposed to know he's out here. Never, don't tell him I don't tell him I saw Your him. secret's safe with me. Never mind. All right. Well, thanks for the report, Teeb. This has been uh, another great uh, edition of Galactic Faking News. Galactic Faking News. Faking Star Wars listener mail. Well, Teeb, as if uh, this episode hadn't packed in enough punch, you know, with Link Vox a Million making his first appearance, the return of the fake meter and yourself being on the episode after several weeks of hiatus, uh, we have a great edition of Faking Star Wars listener mail. Um, given the fact that we have become such a... Um, such a vector for truth and authenticity in the Star Wars um, universe, we've had to try to uh, open the doors a bit more. And we have a new policy at Faking Star Wars Radio uh, with regard to listener mail. If you send it to us, we will read it. Um, it does not matter what it is. It could be ASCII art, but we will read it absolutely 100 percent guarantee so please go ahead and send us your mail to fsw radio or storm duper at twitter and we will read it on the next episode that being said our first question uh our first letter rather comes to us from Lori quick aka chief palpatine's mistress at unknown underscore regions who writes first of all thank you for having my dear Sheev on the podcast last time it was excellent and i'm looking forward to hearing him again and she writes, um, uh, do you think we could see a young Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatini TV series for Disney Plus? Showing him rise to power could be mind-blowing. I don't know, Teeb. Would you like your mind to be blown? I'm always for having my mind blown. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it PG. Uh, but... I think that would be very interesting because Naboo does have a very complex political system with uh, how in regards to how they have their their regents and their senators. Uh, it's almost very similar to the, uh, the, uh, the the British, I guess you would say, their model with the uh, parliament. Well, it's interesting you say British because as I was envisioning this series, um, the only thing that could come to mind was the term – Palpatine's Abbey. I mean, this is the Downton Abbey of the Star Wars universe. It would be truly riveting. Well, I've never watched that show because it looks boring and it's all about tea and crap like that. So 
I would hope that the Young Palpatine TV series for Disney Plus would be a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, would, would, would entice me more, I, w- I guess I would say. Well, don't hold your breath because I don't think this show is going to get made. There's just been too much uh, backstory already, and I think that people at Disney are itching to distance themselves from the prequels and backstories anyway. So I wonder if he has a powerful woman behind him. I think that's what Lori Quick was uh, was hinting at. She'd like to know who helped him rise to power. See, there's some there's some subtext that you're not seeing there, Storm Duper. You're not reading the subtext. I, I miss all kinds of subtext, Tebe. What else do we have? Uh, looks like we have Sylvester Binks, one of my favorite. Uh, he is at that one Gungan. And he writes, where was the Jar Jar comic announcement? Does no one care about Jar Jar Binks anymore? I mean, he's George Lucas's favorite Star Wars character. You'd think Disney would respect that and make him more important in the canon. Uh, that is a good point. Um, everybody does know that Jar Jar is George Lucas's favorite. And... Uh, the comic announcement um is that real is he really going to be in a comic there's going to be a jar jar comic uh, i can't report on that teeb um the very thought makes me quake with fear it would be interesting to see one with uh general tarples i would i would i would appreciate <laughs> that comic like, how much were you just trolling the bottom of the swimming pool with this gunky, algae-rigging-like rake if you come out with, like, a comic like that <laughs> at Disney? You I don't mean, think that... How, how could you, like, legitimately wake up in the morning and say to yourself, I was born through a miraculous <laughs> union of, like, DNA and entered the universe, and my purpose in life has been to make a Jar Jar Binks illustrated comic. I mean, don't you just think, I mean, I'm an optimist. I just feel like somehow the universe would swallow that person up in like a blue sarlacc and just make that stop. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's a, the flavor for everybody, right? Somebody out there loves Jar Jar Binks. Like, it is their favorite he's their favorite character and i gotta tell you when episode one first came out i had a friend overseas and i got her a nearly life-size jar jar binks uh talking doll jar jar was her favorite character (laughs) in the world like how do you reconcile jar jar binks with the scene in like empire strikes back when luke walks up the steps in bespin to meet darth vader like i mean just think of that that's the same film franchise the force is strong with you young skywalker but you are not a gungan yet i mean like how do those two things possibly fit together like i just i mean if it would anyone begins to defend like jar jar's existence in star wars i'm just like you must be trolling me like and i don't hate jar jar it's just it's the wrong movie like this is what we need to talk about are you averse to all Gungans? Because I mentioned Tarples, who is a hero of the Gungan army, and you mocked Jar Jar Binks. So now <laughs> you're you're just... doing the. That's the way they talk, man. I mean, that is their vernacular, as it were. So I don't. I I'm I'm not trying to attack an entire race of Gungans. Uh, so you're just saying Jar Jar is a complete <laughs> idiot. But he rose to the rank of Senator, so 
he's like the genius of the Gungans, okay? He's the smartest Gungan. Right, right. So there you go. wouldn't you want to read the comic about this race of imbeciles who somehow has a, a leader that rises to the rank of senator? I mean, did did, did uh, did, I mean, it is maybe uh, uh, going back to Laurie's question is maybe Palpatine manipulating the Gungans and using Jar Jar Binks to further his agenda. And for all we know, Jar Jar Binks is an unwitting uh, accomplice in the rise of Palpatine's power. Tib, you know me well. We've been through hell and back, and I love you (laughs) like a brother. But I'm just going to say this once, okay? There are fewer things I'd rather do than read a (laughs) motherfucking Jar Jar Binks comic. (laughs) Like, the list is really, really short of activities that I would take be, be, you know, after I have to watch and read a Jar Jar Binks comic. Like, I am only thinking of, like, you know, uh, oh, I don't know, enduring grave, uh, you know, geopolitical pandemic. You know, that would be a little bit uh, less preferable to reading the Jar Jar Binks comic and possibly continuing on recording this podcast with you. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, man, it's pretty much bottom of the basement in terms of my bucket list and things that I was hoping to do with my time. Jesus. Well, think about like how there's like a Scrooge McDuck comic and all that other kind of crap that Disney put out, you know, like years ago. I mean, there's always like there's always these weird peripheral comics that 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 they put out into the market, and they you kind of like you know like spaghetti it, like throw it up on the wall and see if somebody's gonna buy it. I mean, hell, I had a Gru. Honestly, I think back to a, a tweet or a, not a tweet, a post on a forum on the force.net or maybe it was Naboo.com going back now almost 23 years or so uh, when somebody posted, um, you know, to a fan who was trying to defend the Phantom Menace. They said something like, you know, they could have just put two hours of George Bush taking a dump on a toilet and you guys would have defended it. And I think that's really <laughs> the apt description of my sentiment about the possibility of any problem. Properties involving Jar Jar Binks <laughs> in the future. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I always come down like yeah, with Jar Jar. I just they're they're like and it, it'll be like a nanosecond in my mind where it'll shift. Like one nanosecond, I will like him, and then one nanosecond later, I'll hate him. I'm I'm like uh, you know a complete flip flopper. And by the way, does he ever wear shoes? Jar Jar? No, he's shoeless. Shoeless Jar Jar. Wow. So, like, he's walking around in the Senate with, like, no shoes on? That just kind of seems gross. Like, he's going to get so many bacteria. There's E.T. in the Senate. There's Wookiee in the Senate. Of course he can go shoeless. That's part of the the galactic uh, diversity uh, sar- sartorial laws. Oh, you're going to hear <laughs> about it from the ba- Barefoot Coalition. You... They, you do not I want know, to mess with I them. Know. The Barefoot Clan <laughs> will, <laughs> will support your army. <laughs> What a bunch of garbage. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, next uh, letter comes I'm gonna from Kira. I'm going to need a minute. I'm going to need a minute. Sorry. Yeah, at Jedi, Jedi underscore Kira who writes, um, I was expecting a sizzle reel or behind-the-scenes stuff or another teaser for Rise of Skywalker at Comic-Con, but got nothing. When do you think new footage will be released? I heard words coming out of your mouth, but nothing, like, connected. So... A sizzle reel? She's asking about the new footage. You know, we didn't get any. We've already oh, kind of yeah, discussed gonna... it. But we didn't talk about when we would expect it. I mean, surely there's going to be a full This trailer. is the thing. Okay, scarcity is what makes 
a franchise, great. Disney is saturating the world with all these. Well, we've talked about this a billion, trillion times. But I think that the minute that they release some footage, it's going to take away from all the Marvel stuff. And right now they want Marvel to be on the, um, hmm. the, the PR headline needs to be Marvel, 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 Marvel. The minute they put out... Well, I mean, Endgame is the new number right. one ever, right? So that's where they're checking. Right, the minute they even so much as say, you know, uh, what's the name of that nutsack alien-looking thing? <laughs> new one, Thanos, <laughs> new food, whatever the hell his name is. It's Josh Broden. It's Josh. Broden. What's the what, what's <laughs> what's his name going to be again? Thanos, right? Not the fan. Oh, what? Oh, you mean uh? Oh, 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 you mean the one that looks like uh, Jabba like the Hutt got his limbs amputated? <laughs> right, right. I can't remember his name. Like, if they even mentioned his name, if they even showed like an eight eight millionth of a second of just his face, <laughs> that would be that would take away from all of the Marvel <laughs> crap that they're putting out there right now. People be like. Yeah, Marvel's great, but did you see that? You know, did you see that nut alien? <laughs> the testicalian? <laughs> That's the testicalian. That's perfect. <laughs> it looks like somebody ruptured a scrotum. <laughs> I mean, hey, we've been sitting here making fun of Jar Jar, but my goodness, uh, yeah. Uh, his name is Claude, by the way. It was escaping That's me. That's a Claude. But, yeah. <laughs> Name even Scrotum Claude. Scrotum Claude. <laughs> Merry Christmas, kids. Here's a new Star Wars alien. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be the next. He's gonna be the next oh, senator. Dear. Oh, oh my. my God. Yeah. Speaking of scraping Term the bottom of the barrel, now. I think we should clean it up a little bit for our listeners. But um, we have one more letter, <laughs> if I can get it out today. But um, uh, you know what? Just uh, Raphael Martin, who's uh, RM62 1987, writes <sighs> that Marvel won uh, San Diego Comic Con this year because uh, Star Wars just just t- you know they just talked about kids books and unimportant comics. And with that coming, uh, being said, which Marvel actors would you like to see appear in a Star Wars movie? I'd like to see Sebastian Stan or Brie Larson join Star Wars. All right. Well, Brie Larson, you can you can put it in the bank. You can go drop some credits on it, whatever you want to say. You heard it here first. She's definitely going to be in a Star Wars something. If, if it's Brie gets what Brie wants, man. Yeah, she is like like. She's doing what Ryan Reynolds did with Deadpool to Star Wars right now. And basically, she did this movie with Samuel Jackson uh, on Netflix, which was, I think, her way of, like, you know, with with working with Captain Marvel. She wants to continue to work with Samuel Jackson because that's her in for Star Wars. That's her entire agenda. Hmm. She doesn't like Samuel Jackson. She just wants to get into Star Wars. Sinister little vixen there. I, I thought she was a little bit more innocent than that. You're no putts. She's not. <laughs> I Claude is going to be my new greatest insult of all time to anybody. A You're a Claude. Or as an actress. <laughs> I just, you know what? I just don't know her. I really don't. I, I haven't seen anything she's done uh, outside of um, uh, Captain Marvel, which was uh, just okay, you know, a fairly tired plot, but um, it was fine. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just can't picture her in Star Wars. She's just too clean, you know. She was She's good in King Kong Skull Island, which is also with Samuel Jackson. Oh, was she in that? Was that okay? That was a good film. I liked that. Yeah, I liked her character in that. It was fun and stupid. Yeah, I liked the uh, the the way that they had it, like where they had it set and how everything turned out at the end and stuff like that. I thought she did a good job in that movie. I really do. I I don't dislike her. I just wish she wasn't such a snotty little turd. <laughs> But her acting's good. Yeah. I mean, you can be a great actor. Yeah. Like I always say with musicians, same thing. You know, you can be a great musician, you can be a great actor, but if you're... I can tell you who I don't want in Star okay. Wars. Okay, here's um, who Taika Waititi or whoever the New Zealand director guy is. Um, I think he was perfect in the Thor movie. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. Um, his stock is really growing, and I really respect him. I, I think he's a very creative person. Um, uh, the Wilder... The Hunt for the Wilder People. Have you seen that? No, I was going to uh, ask you if you've seen uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Okay, I haven't seen that one either. But um, anyway, he's a great guy. I have nothing against him, but I just think he'd be wrong for Star Wars. So he's definitely someone I do not want to see. <laughs> Boy, uh, I don't know. I, I can't really think of anyone jumping out at me in the Marvel Universe who I'm just, you know, would be just deadly in Star Wars. Maybe Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, you know, a Doctor Strange-like character, a, a sagely Jedi Force-type user. I could definitely see him uh, playing a role. All right, let me let me get real here. So he mentioned Sebastian Stan or Brie Larson. We, we just talked about Brie Larson. I'm not going to talk about Sebastian Stan. I think he'd be a fine peripheral character, whatever. Yep. Um, so let's get real. Who would be, like, a great... Star Wars character that's in the Marvel universe now. So not even an actor, but just like a character and that kind of vibe. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the like like not Deadpool. I'm, I'm you know what? I would almost like to see Chris Pratt because he's already Star Lord. Yeah, I mean he's got that kind of Han Solo swag. You know, he's a bit of Poe Dameron. So, you know, Chris Pratt, I think, could pull it off if he got a little bit more serious. He just has that sort of goofy glint in his eye, you know, that kind of swanky sort of arrogance. And I just don't think that translates to Star Wars. Well, we just said Brie Larson's going to be in it, so get used to that. <laughs> yeah. At least she's easier As to look female, at, I mean, though. for Chris Pratt. I mean, uh, you know, he doesn't do anything for me. He Brie is Larson pretty hot, though. definitely I mean, could uh, fill out a, a Jedi robe. No problem. Put some blue paint on Chris Pratt, and uh, you know Storm Duper might take his helmet off. Um, well, we know Vox about, would definitely enjoy that. Right? Yes. How about how about um, the uh, character that? Um, oh, who is he? Uh, he he's the guy from Jurassic Park. You know, um, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's character of the of the guy on the planet in Thor, who you know is sort of the. Um, in charge of the planet and the the games, he has sort of a Romanesque sort of Hunger Grandmaster. Sort of he's the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. But yeah. you're saying that character or the actor, uh, Jeff um, Goldblum. Well, I don't know about Jeff Goldblum. That that sort of character has sort of a gangster quality almost, but like a happy gangster. Like up to now, most of the gangsters we've seen in Star Wars have been like Jabba the Hutt or the um, the uh, the the Guavian Death Gang. You know that kind of thing. A little bit too, a little bit serious. And it might be mm. refreshing to see a gangster who's a little bit silly. Um, and I'm actually thinking now, going back all the way to the droids animation. Oh, if you've ever seen that before, wait a minute. Yeah, Do you remember the character of that galactic pirate? Kaibo Ren. Not Kylo Ren, but Kaibo Ren. 
um, that kind of character, you know, sort of a, a funny, um, uh, you know, a slapsticky almost gangster uh, evildoer. That might be a nice touch. Tamasan has not seen the last of Kaibo Ren. Why would you bring up that dumb show? I never watched that show. <laughs> I was like, I was Come super on. into Star Wars, but even I was like in the 80s as a kid, like, no, I'm not watching this. This is stupid. It is it is interesting to know that Disney and Lucasfilm have not produced anything original since they've created droids. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that name even. Well, that's what I'm saying. They recycled even the name from that when they did Force Awakens with Kai Bo, Kyro, Kylo Ren. I mean, it's amazing to me just how much derivation goes into these new properties that has already been sitting around in a vault at Lucasfilm, rotting festering and stinking up the valley uh or the silicon valley you know for the last 35 years okay so you think there should be like a character like kaibo ren played by jeff goldblum hey why not as long as we're taking the name and we're doing something else with it why not just throw the character in there too well uh, jeff goldblum finds a way to get in your movie (laughs) by the way if you have not seen the thor ragnarok uh deleted scenes or the the special at the end I have not. Do yourself a favor, buy the Blu-ray, and watch it. Oh, yeah? It's hilarious. Excellent. I'll check it out. All right. Well, Teeb, you know, it's been great having you back. I do look forward to uh, future episodes. Are you going to be around for the next few months? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You might you Excellent. might get me well, around again. You know, I will, uh, you know, just a little secret. Every time you're on, we get many, many, many more uh, secret emails from female fans. So Really? Well, we've never had a female. Well, we've had a few females, I guess, uh, on the podcast. But uh, that's discussion for another time. <laughs> yes. So that's about all the time we have. Thanks you very much for listening. Um, Teeb, tell the listeners where they can find us. You can actually find me uh, at Tbrontor on Twitter. That's T-E-E-B-R-O-N-T-R, Tbrontor on Twitter. And everything else, I mean, like, you could just reach out to me, and I'll tell you where to go if you get lost. <laughs> but you can just go to fakingstarwars.net. That is our website. Uh, where you will find all the wonderful faking Star Wars news, satire, parodies, all the good stuff from the, the Star Wars world that is uh, not real. Uh, the Twitter is also at faking Star Wars, uh, or at Willy Bobo, or at faking Star Wars. No, he's Wars. at faking Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. but it'll say Willy Bobo, so you'll be confused. You'll be like, who the hell is Willy Bobo? Well, Willy Bobo is the creator of... Uh, he's the maker. He's the maker. That's right, the maker. Of, uh, We're all here because of him. Yes, and, uh, and we no also one had, even knows uh, who he Vox is. Link Vox Million, who was on tonight. Uh, you should definitely follow him on Twitter. He's pretty hilarious. He's prolific. Prolific, yes. And uh, remember to check out our Patreon at Faking Star Wars. And you should also check out um, what's the other thing? Facebook, real yeah, Faking absolutely. Star Wars. That's the group there. And we're all over the place. What's that? We're all over the place. Yeah, we're everywhere. And then also, uh, like you were mentioned earlier, we're, we have a new store set up for bit.ly. And that is... FSW merch. FS... Bit.ly. Yeah, uh, it's uh, bit.ly forward slash FSW merch. So that's like merchandise. And- 
And just a disclaimer, I mean, we are producing those shirts ourselves in the basement, thread by thread. We have been training Guacian, uh, Guacian monkey lizards to sew the designs into the shirt uh, per order. So when you order a shirt with us, you're not getting something prepared and copied in China by some machine. It is, there's a lot of love that goes into those shirts. Unfortunately, I was not consulted on the last design for the Let the Wookiee Win because I still don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. Somebody needs to explain that one to me. Um, maybe I'm dumb. That's the mystery of it. It's a mystery shirt. You've heard of the mystery box. so. Uh, but it's not a mystery if I can see what it is when I'm buying it. I feel like that's a little confusing. <laughs> I'll design the well, next um, one, and it'll be better. And then you guys will buy that one. There you go. Well, if you like what you hear, um, you know, we'd like to have you back. And please send us a message on Twitter. I'm at StormDuper. I love to respond to your tweets. And if you haven't written a review for us, yes, please go ahead and do that on uh, your iTunes or podcast platform of choice. Consider giving us a five-star or a zero-star review. I personally promise that any screenshot of you and your review posted to my Twitter account will definitely get made into a T-shirt that we put at the front of our store. As always, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire, and free pizza. Thanks to you and all of our followers for listening. May the foe be with you. See you soon. There is no free pizza. Oh, T, that, that's how we get people in. Oh, jeez. We're going to have to have a meeting about this. All right. Sorry. Sorry.